Hello, welcome to my Camino the Podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. This is a podcast about the Camino de Santiago or the Way of St. James. Camino translates from Spanish to English as path, road, or way. El Camino de Santiago is the Way of Santiago. Santiago is St. James, one of Christ's 12 apostles. James the Greater spent time in Spain after Christ's death. He was martyred on his return to the Holy Land. His followers took his body back to Spain to be buried. And it was discovered centuries later and enshrined in a majestic cathedral, the destination for most pilgrims, Santiago de Compostela, St. James under a field of stars. The Camino is a pilgrimage, a pilgrimage of the mind, of the soul, of the heart. And it's a journey of discovery for many who venture onto the path. This week is my 201st podcast. I'm honoured and consider it a great privilege to be invited via the podcast into your world each week. I receive emails and messages from all over the world. I have great friends in Europe, the UK, North and South America, all over the world. I just feel so blessed. That's why it's time to tell you I walked away from my new job earlier this month. I was working 16-hour days and it was not sustainable. I'd had enough. And it went against just about every single grain of intent in my body. I have never walked away from anything in my life. But I just felt it wasn't working for me. That chapter of my life is now closed. And I have to come to terms with the fact I took a job simply because I felt I had to or ought to. I knew it wasn't for me. I knew the environment would be counter to my core values, but I took it because I felt I should. It was a mistake. James Joyce wrote, mistakes are the portals of discovery. Here's to new beginnings. And the Camino is all about new beginnings. It's about trying to find a space for you, which is easier to say than it is to do. Finding space for you. The American writer, poem, columnist and drummer, Michelle Sandlin wrote, there's no greater journey than the one that you must take to discover all of the mysteries that lie within you. I mentioned a moment ago that I receive emails and messages from all over the world, regularly. Well, let's get to this week's interview via a poem sent to me a month ago. Ricardo Moretti is a Canadian pilgrim. His poem is titled The Camino. It started as an idea that became a dream. Fondly, I embraced the adventure of the way, etched by the footsteps of a thousand years and more. It wasn't without its ups and downs, and there were many. But the hard parts made easy by simple pilgrim smiles and the beauty of life. The end is here, and I have learned something. I can be more than what I was. A reality well hidden, but found on my rocky path called the Camino. Ricardo Moretti is on the line from Montreal. Welcome, pilgrim. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm really very well. I'm going to start with a, a simple question. Tell us about you and poetry. Uh, poetry is uh, a passion of mine. It started as a, um, when I was a student in high school and carried through, probably uh, when I read Dr. Seuss books when I was much younger. Oh. But uh, yeah, so just carried through. So I'm just a bit, it's, it's, it's not a popular art form anymore, but uh, nonetheless, I enjoy it. I write a lot of poetry, or I used to uh, when I was younger. And um, for me, it was just, um, I felt right now, it was my second Camino when I wrote this poem. And uh, that's that's basically it on the poetry. What inspires you? Do you write often, or is it something that you need to make yourself do? So, okay, I'm going to sit down and do some writing, or are you somewhere and you see something and think, and and a thought process comes into your mind and all of a sudden there's a poem there or how does it sort of work it's a bit of both i think sometimes you you're just uh you're just hit with something you say wow that, that that's a good rhyme and you know, you feel like you, you should you know work it through and write it down and sometimes you say well I, i'd like to write a poem about a certain topic and you research a topic and then you write a poem based on the research that you've done there's there's several approaches to to uh there's several approaches to writing a poem, like there are several approaches to uh, Santiago. I like that. That's great. 
What do you make of the quote this week? There is no greater journey than the one you must take to discover all of the mysteries that lie within you. It's, it's an interesting. When I started the first Camino, uh, yeah, I was blasé by the idea, the idea of doing it. I was like, I was married to the idea. I mean, I could have done it or not done it. And it was very difficult, actually. It had some really hard parts to it. Um, I, then I came back and realized, that, you know, it, it was no big deal. I saw it's a big deal. You walk, you walked 810 kilometers. And I, I didn't, I didn't feel it was that, and, and I saw I didn't get much out of it, and there was no awakening, or some moment of euphoric uh, bliss, or any uh, meditation. But they, I realized as time went by, I, I missed it so much. I actually went back the year after to do it one more time in 2019 um so uh, yeah there's a, there's there is um introspection that you get from from doing the camino and from 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 the journey and it's not about the destination really it's it's, it's the whole every part of it is 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 part, is, is part of the exploration um, of yourself of other people of, of nature of, of life but actually this year i was planning on doing the Via de Francesco uh, from uh, uh, Florence to De La Verna to Assisi to Rome, which is 540 kilometers. But because of the COVID, I, I wasn't able to uh, realize that. So I'm hoping that next year maybe I'll do it. What prompted you to walk the Camino then in the first place, if you were blasé about it? And what prompted you to do it? Well, it, it was, I, I, I was uh, on, somewhere in my life where I was just fed up with so many, so many different items and wanted to take some time off. And, and I'm not a big fan of taking traditional holidays where you get pampered and you sit down in a lounge chair on the beach, although I've you know, done that dozens of times. Um, it, I, I, and I felt I was getting out of health, so I, I, I came across this. I, I forget how it came across, but... Uh, I said, well, that's a good idea, that, that uh, walking, I enjoyed walking. Uh, so I said, yeah, well, that, walking from, from uh, somewhere to, to Santiago, and I, I looked at all these different routes, and the Camino de Frances is, is, seems the most popular one. So I said, you know, well, I'll, I'll, I'll try that. Um, and hopefully, you know, it'll um, um, motivate me to, sort of you know, be in better shape than I was at, at the time. Do you remember how you heard about it? The Camino? No, I, I, can't, I can't say I, I remember exactly what, what prompted me, what brought me to do it. I was looking for different travels, different things, and I, and I guess uh, something caught my eye, and then I started doing research and YouTube uh, uh, people who've done it and websites uh, and I, I just I felt I felt obsessed by it so I say I researched it to uh, to no end I said I, I gotta try this and I so I, I started preparing buying equipment uh, I mean I was ill ill prepared mentally physically and uh, you know um, material so I, I'd done um, a fair bit of research it was uh, uh, more than what I expected. Tell us about being unprepared. What does that mean, and and how did that impact you when you arrived? Well, the the, the unpreparedness is uh, the, one of the well, here's one of the one of the issues was uh, uh, the, the 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 shoes you wear, the socks you wear. and uh, the, and uh, I won't talk about the the amount of weight you put in your backpack. Uh, right, right away. But if you walk so many kilometers, uh, and you walk in snow and you walk in rain, eventually you're going to get some blisters. Uh, I got blisters on top of blisters on top of blisters, uh, to the point where uh, my foot became swollen and was very, very hot. Um, when I arrived in one town. Where there was a pharmacist, I, I showed him the foot and he said, "You got to go see a doctor." I ended up. He said, "Take the next, uh, said uh, the next village you'll be able to call a taxi and a taxi into Shahagun, Sahagun, uh, sorry, uh, and then uh, take a train into from there to Leon um, and uh, go see uh, seek medical help uh, because it was getting bad. I was I was feeling feverish too, so it was starting to become septic. I think. Oh. 
So that was, um, yeah, that was a bit of a disappointment. But at the same time, I, I, I learned to live with the pain. I, 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 I got penicillin and the, 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 swollen, the swollen went down. Um, the doctor said to stay off for a couple of days, uh, which caused another um, problem for me because I was scheduled to meet uh, my wife in Portugal at a certain date. And I was already three days behind. So I had a bus forward two or three stages. So I had missed the, the stage of where I took the taxi plus the, tra the train to Leon plus another two or three stages forward of, of, of Leon. Um, so it was a bit, a bit, dis a bit, a bit of a disappointment for me. Uh, but then I walked the rest of the way. I mean, I wrapped my feet every day, learned how to uh, put the uh, antibiotic creams on the foot. And uh, I had blisters uh, every 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 side underneath the feet, uh, on the toes, on the back. Uh, it, you learn to live with it. Uh, but the next year, when I went back, when I came back home, from the moment I came back home and I realized I wanted to do it again, I became obsessed by and started researching, uh, you know, what causes blisters. Actually, there's a couple of good Australian websites I remember seeing, and um, I researched it and you know found different solutions and tried them. And uh, yeah, so the second time I did it in 2019, I walked a whole 810 kilometers. And the first time I did it in 33 days, and even though I didn't do the whole thing, it took me 33 days. And uh, the second year, which was 2019, I did it. I walked the full length, and I, I walked it in 28 days, and I didn't have one blister. So, you know, well, was, what do you, uh, what do you think is the secret to not getting blisters? Well, I mean, I, shoe selection is certainly ranks ranks at number one, uh, and you, you see these YouTubes and different advertisements, and you have to understand that what works for one person, well. Some people are just advertising and they're just trying to get, um, you know, a subscription to their website or the YouTube. But the, so yeah, you have to do your own research and you have to, you know, see what kind of feet you have and whether they're wide or narrow, have them measured. Uh, my problem is I, I have a size uh, 10 on the right foot, but it's a size 10 and a half on the left foot. Oh. And I was walking with size 10 uh, shoes, and that's what caused the blisters on the left foot. Then when you start getting blisters on one foot, you compensate by walking more on the other, and then you get blisters on the other foot, and the circle goes round. So that was shoe selection, and, uh, and, and the type of shoes is very important. And the, and socks, uh, wool socks, uh, uh, or wick, uh, sweat, you know, the water wicking uh, socks, like a merino wool or some kind of a synthetic uh, mix. I double socked. Uh, um, I even put uh, medical tape uh, on. On it was a, um, a research uh, that was done by I think the university in in in, in Nevada, or is the um, Boston? I'm not sure. There's a couple um, um, uh, research papers I had read. One of them said the the long uh, distance marathoners. They did a, a study, so those that put little pieces of medical tape on the parts where there's more friction and put their socks or whatever, it, it decreased the number of, uh, of, of blisters by 30 or 40%. And uh, I put antiperspirant on my feet so they wouldn't sweat as much. Um, you put the tape on, uh, the antiperspirant, and then uh, some Vaseline, and then double sock. So uh, that was the, uh, and, and the right shoe which was, a, uh, I use the, well, I don't want to plug it, but it was a, it was a trail runner. Uh, not necessarily be good for somebody else, but it certainly worked for me. And as I said, I did 28, uh, 28 days. Of the, the full Yeah. Thing. And is it unusual to go into a store and buy one shoe that's 10 and a half and another that's 10? No. So you have a 10, you, you, 10, so you buy 11, I bought 11 shoes and that's fine. Okay. Right. Okay. Because, um, because the, 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 most people's feet are not exactly, um, 100% symmetric. They may think they look at, you know, I mean, it's not 10 and a half exact, you know, it's a little bit sure. shy of that and it's not exactly 10. It's a bit high. And so it's, and as you walk a long distance to your feet, uh, there's uh, I wouldn't say your feet grow, but do you realize maybe you weren't wearing the right size shoes to begin with most of your life or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
a couple long distance walkers on YouTube that have said that yeah they they have to change they they change suicides up from where they were. Um, yeah, yeah, I've certainly heard that. That's for sure. And so, on your first Camino, you said you were ill prepared. Had you sort of planned ahead? Did you know where you were going to stay? I call it. Are you a spreadsheet pilgrim? And then and then what did you do differently the second time? Well, the first time and the second time, uh, I, I, I like to do the research. I did a lot of research. I had a lot of spreadsheets. Uh, I brought them with me uh, digitally on, on my phone. Um, I'd make reference to them on occasion, you know, late at night to see which one would be my next step the next day. Yeah. Uh, I didn't plan ahead uh, more than that the first time or the second time. Um, the first the first day where you uh, I started in March, so the 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 pass, uh, uh, the Napoleon Pass is, is closed. You can't go over the mountain at that time. You can't start walking that until April first. So you have to walk the Via Val Carlos, and they, they had received heavy snow, so you couldn't walk the trails. Um, so you ended up walking mostly. There were some bits of trails, and then you walk mostly on the on the road. Right. So it's a it's a it's a much longer path. Um, so I, I was very tired and I planned, maybe I was going to do, I wasn't going to do a rest the first day on my first year in 2018, but uh, I was so sore uh, that I had, you know, lathered my body full of uh, Voltaren and took an ibuprofen to do all the pain. And uh, the next day I woke up and there was a blizzard outside. Uh, so I said, my body was telling me I shouldn't go today and the weather was telling me I shouldn't go. So I decided to stay another day there. So I, I basically winged it. Uh, it's, you know, you, the first few stages, uh, Roncesvalles. Uh, well, I could have stayed in Via Valcar in Val Carlos, but I, I didn't. I don't went to Roncesvalles. Then you go to Zubiri, then Pamplona, then Punta de la Arena, and so on. Most of them are pretty. Um, they're pretty scheduled. I, I, I tend to to go uh, to. Um, villages and, 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 and cities or towns uh, where there was hotels, uh, private rooms, because I carried, I carried in my backpack, uh, I bought a Surface Pro uh, to, so I could ditch my laptop because I had conference calls at 12 o'clock at night and 2 o'clock at night in the morning uh, to carry on, uh, you know, work at the same time. So I couldn't, I couldn't be in a, an albergue and, and waking up to fellow pilgrims. So most of, <laughs> most of my... Um, uh, the most of the places I stayed at were in, in, in private rooms or hotels. Yeah, yeah. That that's yeah. basically how I decided where I would walk to. What was my next step? You know the the Camino provides an opportunity to live very simply. Um, that's one of the great things about the, the form of holiday. And as you said at the very beginning, Ricardo, you you were searching for a different type of holiday. Well, it's it's one of the great things about the Camino is you can just go with a couple of things in a backpack and off you go. Uh, how did you make the most of that opportunity, that, that opportunity to live simply while you were on the Camino? And what did you learn from the first Camino that improved things for you the second time around? Um, the, the, well, that's a lot of questions. The first one, uh, uh, the simplicity, you're right. Uh, what I realized I missed, um, and I was trying to understand what I, in 2018 when I came back, and I thought, you know, what big deal I did it. So, so what? And I realized that I was missing it. And as time went, more time went on, I, the more I missed it. And I was trying to understand why, why, why that was. And I think one of the things that was appealing, um, you, you go from your the hustle and bustle and 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 uh, the long hours and, and hard weeks that you may work, and then the when you go on a Camino, you basically wake up and you decide that your big decisions of that day will be. Um, where am I walking to today? And and uh, there's only so many options, so it's, it's a very simple choice. And the other decision may be what I'm going to have for lunch. So it's uh, it very simplifies simplifies uh, life uh, to a very basic level. And I th I thought that was kind of um, it's, it's appealing. It sounds it sounds simple, but it's very appealing once you've done it. And there's and you meet all kinds of people on on the trail from all corners of the world. Which makes it very interesting and have uh, very interesting conversations. Uh, I met this uh, young uh, lady on on the 2018 trip, and 
she had just walked from St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port and was walking back. Uh, she had reached Santiago and, 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 and was walking back to St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port and she, we crossed paths at uh, the Pass Zubiri. And there was a German fellow that I crossed paths with in Punta de la Arena. He had walked from, uh, I forget, somewhere in, in Germany to uh, Santiago and then down to Lisbon then took a plane and went to to uh, Los Angeles to see some friends, and then they hiked uh, they they hiked up uh, some of the way in bicycle to Washington. Took a train, took the plane back to uh, Lisbon, and he was walking back home. And I was asking why why do you do this? Because I'm trying to avoid going back to work. <laughs> that was kind of interesting. Uh, so uh, there are diff- different reasons why I think uh, you 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 just enjoy it, and that. Uh, the backpack, uh, for me, what I learned was, of course, the, the, the footwear, taking care of your feet so you can do long-distance walking, uh, you know, walk a 40 or 60-kilometer day if you want. Um, lighten up the pack. For, uh, when I, I was in Leon, uh, when I arrived at the train station, there was a scale there, so I put my backpack on there to see how much it weighed, and I realized it, it had weighed 28 pounds. Ouch. And uh, I didn't start off with that. But you know, I, you get on the airplane and they give you a little. Uh, I was I was in, I was in business class, so they give you a little package of uh, toiletries, essentials, and the and, and the pillow and the blanket. So I didn't want to throw that away, and I put that in there. And of course, I stay at the first hotel, and there's eight little bottles of shampoo and little soaps. So you put that in your backpack, and next thing you know, you got like thirty of those little bottles or something, and uh, you know, fifteen bars of soap. And you know, why am I carrying this? Because uh, you have the tendency of doing that when you go to the hotels normally. It's maybe the next one next one wouldn't have it and sometimes they didn't and as a fact it turns out there was a, a couple of pilgrims uh, uh in in leon when i met them and i said that we are um uh we were at the albergue and there was no soap there was nothing so i, I took the whole bag out and said i, so I, I donated to them <laughs> and i ended up uh, putting putting uh i filled up i went to the post office got a, a box and uh, filled up the box and i took about uh Oh, about 15 pounds out of the backpack of things that I had carried so far, aside from the, the, the toiletries and stuff, that I didn't really need, that I hadn't used. So I, I, I forwarded that to Santiago so I could pick it up once I got there. And that light pack made the made big difference. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. It's, uh, yeah, living simply, is a, it's a great opportunity to, to to leave a lot of stuff behind and it's a great lesson to learn as well. You're you're a poet. We I began the interview by reading your beautiful poem about the Camino. Did you write much on the Camino? Uh, no, for me the the, the 2018 was uh, you know just unwind and 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 I, I'm out of shape, so I was climbing up the hill and gasping for air. Um, I take pictures when I get to the top because I think maybe that'd be the last picture my family would see of me. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke, but, uh, yeah, you know, I sort of felt that. Uh, so I wasn't re- and people said, did you really reflect? Did you have a moment of, of you know, uh, of Zen uh, or some some euphoric moment? I said, you know, you, I mean, there are times where you get that moment, but then it disappears because you're there trying to gasp for air or uh, you're climbing another hill or you, know, you have to walk to another destination. I was just enjoying the day, really, uh, just enjoying the moment wherever I was. So I don't, uh, I didn't uh, force myself to 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 write poetry or think about it. It just this was in 2019 when I was coming to the end, uh, and I had a I had a bad cold, and I said I'm going to stay in. I said, well, you know, I should write a poem about this uh, because I had some thoughts that, that 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 came to me when I was when I was walking, and um, so I. I wrote it the night that I arrived in Santiago, and uh, the next morning I edited, changed the structure a little bit, and then I then I then I posted it. You you write in the poem, "I have learned something. I can be more than I was, a reality well hidden, but found on my rocky path called the Camino. Well hidden by whom?" Well, we hide things from ourselves, um, basically. We, we, we live in, in, I think we're the greatest barriers to whatever we want to achieve or whatever it is we want to do or whatever it is we, we want or 
or whatever we have. We didn't really see what we have, or I, I think that's that's basically it's a, it's well hidden because you're not really searching, and and you're complacent. You're staying where you are, and I think that, that just part of that life. Um, most people just go on day to day because we have to. We have to work, and then you go into the grind, and the next thing you know, you're your children are growing up and, you know, they go off to school and there's different things and you really, you haven't had time to really reflect on, on things or enjoy some of the moments as much as you should have, or whatever it is that, that pertains to, to your particular situation. So I, I think it's just, it's, it's, some things are self-evident, but even though if they're self-evident, you don't see them if they're yeah. in front of you because they're, they're just they're hidden by life or by your, by, by yourself from whatever it is you're, you're thinking or not thinking. Did you like what you discovered? Yeah. I mean, I discovered that life could be simpler than, than, than what it is. And, and you can don't necessarily need to have as much to enjoy and, and have a, just a wonderful time because the, you know, the, the communal is just a, it's a great, it's a great experience and it's just a, it is a wonderful time. And, and I miss it, and I didn't do it this year, so I'm, I'm just doing some local hikes. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you, you do enjoy it. And there's, there, there's and as I said, you meet people from four, from all the corners, of the, all, all, all the places on the yeah, planet. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the great things, isn't it? Sitting down, and, and there could be people from all around the world at the table. It doesn't care what you do for a living doesn't care what your story, your backstory is. You don't have to share it. If you don't want to, nobody really minds. It's just being there at that particular time with those people from all around the world. It's wonderful. Yes, it is. It is. And yourself, you went, what, what year did you go? Uh, I went 2016 and then again in 2017. Okay, so back to back. Exactly, same as you. And, and, and mm-hmm. it, it's interesting because I found – um, myself being called back much as the same way you did. I really missed it a great deal. I sort of felt an energy on the Camino. Did you find that? I, I did. I, I did, yeah. It, the first time it wasn't so evident, but it, it, it creeped in back into my life. As I, when, I, when I got back, I realized I was missing something. And the second time I was, I was, uh, I was very excited and enthused and, and determined to to walk uh, and to walk the uh, the uh, places where I hadn't walked, uh, yeah. uh, where I'd missed because of the trains and, and the, the the taxi. Um, but uh, the first day out, what I I, I I fly out of Montreal. It's twenty four hours to arrive to Saint Jean Pied de Port. So I leave, let's say eight, eight o'clock at night. I arrive in Saint Jean Pied de Port eight o'clock at night the next day without sleep or very little sleep. And then uh, I sleep in Saint Jean Pied de Port, and I wake up and I start hiking. Wait a minute! Um, just, just sorry, was, just before you go on, Ricardo, how does it take you twenty four hours to get from Montreal to? You, I don't understand. What do you have to fly somewhere from? Well, Mont- it's twenty four hours. Uh, it, it becomes eight o'clock their time. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, so right you, yeah. you fly eight o'clock at night uh, here. Um, you would land. You know, eight or ten. You would, of course, you have to be at the airport. Uh, so you're leaving around five o'clock to be at the airport early, and either your flight's at eight or ten o'clock at night here in Montreal, and it lands either eight or ten o'clock in um, Paris time, and then uh, you have to wait in Paris for a few hours for your for the train uh, to yeah uh, yeah yeah to, yeah. Uh, to uh, and from Biarritz you wait for another train. Uh, to go to Saint Jean Pied de Port. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so you get your night's rest, and you get up the next day, and away you go. That's it. So what? that that second year, where I was all I was all prepared, you know, my feet were taken care of. I said, I know, you know I'm not going to get blisters this time, and I didn't. Um, but I was I was coming down the stairs of the, of the hotel. They had these. Um, it's uh, my, the stairs are not standard to where I guess what North Americans are used to, and I wasn't paying attention as much as I should have. Uh, I fell down the stairs and twisted my ankles severely. Oh, uh, that, was, that was in Ross's Valleys. Um, and I was crying on the ground, basically, almost like a, like a child. 
and the uh, lady uh, uh, worked at the hotel says, oh, you, you should put some ice on that. And I said, no, no, I'll be okay. Because I, I didn't want to start uh, uh, feeling sorry or feeling bad for myself or giving myself an excuse where I'm not going to start walking. This is just, a, you know, I mean, in Ronson's Valis, I, it's like a second day out here. So, and I asked, I inquired about whether the um, a backpack foreign services uh, was available. And then she commented, yeah, they hadn't come, that I would have to hurry, though. So I, I caught that just in time. So I was able to forward the backpack to uh, Zubiri. Um, and I, I walked and I got to Zubiri and, and my ankle was like a, a golf ball, uh, a swollen, uh, the size of a golf ball sticking out. So I went to the um, pharmacy and asked her for Voltaren and some ibuprofen. And uh, she looked at it and she says, you should put some ice on that. And I said, no, no, I'll be okay. I don't need it. It's fine. I appreciate it. So I put Walter in and I I, and I bought a compression bandage, so, sorry, as well. And I put that and I, I elevated my leg while I slept. Um, the uh, swelling went down a bit overnight. And then I walked to Pamplona and it was swollen again. It was fear pain. Again, I forwarded my backpack again because I wasn't going to be able to walk with it. Um then I got to the hotel and the, the receptionist, lady at the reception said, you should put some ice on that. It's not, I'll be fine. I'll just put it in cold water in the bathtub and, and then, you know, Voltaren and ibuprofen and compression. I did that. And by the time I, I got the point, I, I fast forward, I, I, I forwarded my backpack again one more time to um, uh, Punta de la Arena. And the, the, lady, the same story, she said, this time another lady, she says, you should put some ice on that. And this time I said, yes, please, do you have any? So I put, I put, I did, I did finally put ice on it, and I started icing from that day. And I ran into a, two doctors actually that were doing the, the trip, and I said, "Yeah, you should put ice on that." While I was walking, um, and uh, so I had ended up for my backpack uh, last year most of the way. I did wear a day pack though; I had an extra day pack with me, and uh, but I did forward the backpack, so I'm a bit of a cheat. But uh, I, I walked it with a with a swollen ankle for 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 about eighty percent of the way. I don't think anyone would blame you for forwarding the backpack if you've sprained your ankle at Roncesvalles. That's uh, that's pretty early on. And and what? Why didn't you want to put ice on it? I, I felt that compression bandage would, would would probably do the trick. Sure, right. Um, I, I I would uh, start off in the morning, and you couldn't put the compression bandage. I, I did that at nighttime. Uh, and elevated my leg and, and Voltaren and ibuprofen kept the swelling down uh, quite a bit. Uh, when I walked, I would before I would start walking, I would tape uh, I would tape my leg with tape where the swelling was to keep the swelling down and 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 give it some structure. And at the end of the day, I would cut the tape and uh, you know do do the uh, gosh uh, the, the the compression bandage because they were the tape acted like a compression bandage. As I walked. That was the only way I was able to put on my shoe after in the daytime to walk. Gosh! And I said that continued probably up to uh, past Astorga. Oh, well, it, you know, I, I had even some points where it was a, a bit of a pain uh, going up to El Sobrero, um, but it finally worked out. Then it was uh, then out to El Sobrero. The pain of the ankle went away, but then I started having a but before that, actually, Tria Castella, no, that was after El Sobrero. Um, Pon Ferreira, before Pon Ferreira, I started having a, a very bad, uh, before Saria even, had a terrible cold uh, where I picked up along the way. And I stopped off to see a doctor in Saria and asked him for, for some penicillin. He says, no, you just have a cold. I said, no, but it's, it's congested. I mean, I'm, you know, it's, it's not, uh, I, I, I've done, I've, I've had this before. I'm, uh, I know I need that. I told him, I said, I need that moxicillin 500 milligrams twice a day. And he said, no, he, he refused to give it to me. I ended up going all the way to Santiago with a fever. Um, the next day after Santiago, two, two days after arriving, I, I, I took the train into uh, Lisbon, uh, Lisbon. And at the hotel, I asked for a doctor. He came to the room and he, he inspected. He says, yes, you, you have a severe infection. And he said, I'm going to prescribe you amoxicillin 500 milligrams twice a day. Without me asking for it, he was actually giving me the there same thing go. I was asking for. You knew exactly what you needed. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I've had that. I've had that same infection. In actual fact, I've had that over the years many times. What? How do you describe the Camino uh, to people who ask about it, Ricardo? 
I find that it's 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 uh, it's a very. I mean, I basically, in, in essence, I just say it's a great experience, and you, you really ought to try it. And they, they they formulate some kind of image in their mind of what it is, and 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 what it is they they formulate is not what it is really. It's the uh, one of those reality well hidden, you know, you because you, you you create some kind of fortune telling in your head. Oh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be, I don't know, bandits are going to be on the road. I'm going. Uh, it's going to be bad, or it's going to. I, I don't know what they're thinking, but they, as I say, you got to go on YouTube. I, and I, I try to coach them to go, uh, you know, read one of the, the guidebooks uh, or to go on YouTube and or some websites. Because I, I, I can't do it justice. I, I've told people, and I seem to, uh, yeah, no, I will never be able to do that. And so I look at them, so look, uh, I, and I said, for sure, if I can do it, you can do it. As a matter of fact, I tell, I give them the stats uh, of the 300, I think 350 or 360,000 people that do it every year, uh, 190,000 of them uh, do the Camino Frances. And uh, I think about 50 or 60% are between the ages of 30 to 660. Mm. And and I think twenty percent above are, are above sixty years old. And when I was there, I met a gentleman who, who was recovering from a stroke, and he was doing the uh, the Camino. And I was like, "Wow, this is you know." And, and there's uh, people of all sizes, really, uh, from from uh, small people to you know really big uh, people, from I would say healthy uh, to uh, very unhealthy. Uh, they're all they're all they're out there doing it. They're just maybe not walking sixty kilometers or not walking as fast. So the important thing is to walk at your pace, and and maybe some people are walking six kilometers a day, and that's fine. I mean, instead of taking thirty days, you'll take more time. It's not a big deal. It's uh, it's part of life. It's not the how fast you get to the destination. It's all about the journey. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Tell us about arriving in Santiago. Um. In 2018, again, my, my feet were uh, swollen, full of blisters, and I had planned to walk into, I think, one of the stages right before that. And I got there early for some reason. I started real early that day, and I, and I ended up getting there around around 11 o'clock, 11.30. I said, well, I'm, I'm really early. I made some good time today. Uh and I said, I'm going to have to treat myself to a steak dinner. So I had a steak dinner, uh, a lunch, steak lunch, and uh, before that I had it. So it was it was a really good a good meal at a good restaurant. But I I, I didn't want to stay there. I didn't think there was like a, a nice uh, the, the hotel I went by was like facing the, the big uh, throughway with a lot of traffic. So well, I'm not I'm not going to stay there. So let me, let me see what the next village uh, has. That I, I saw on my guidebook there was the next one over. So I walked to that, and, and then I walked to the next one. I met up with some people. Um, they said, "Well, we're going to the next one." So yeah, I'll, I'll walk out. I'll walk down to the next one. And uh, there was um, a young lady from from uh, Torino who was originally from Sicily, walking, and she, we started talking. And she said she was going to try to walk into uh, Santiago that day. And so I said, "Yeah, well, I said, well, probably not. I need to heal." But my feet were killing me, and I said, "Well, if I walk all the way, uh, I, then tomorrow I can spend the whole day resting. I won't, and I spend two days resting as opposed to just having like uh, arriving and taking the train out right away." So I said, "You know what? Uh, it was a long day. I walked sixty some odd kilometers that day with the blisters." And gosh, it, it wasn't as euphoric when you walk into <laughs> Santiago. Wow, it's euphoric! But then you, you, it sort of catches on. Yeah, well, you know, I, I did. I did uh, walk from from France to here, you know, but it wasn't as 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 euphoric as it you I, for me. Uh, although I, I could see it on some people's faces, it's quite euphoric and and they quite emotional for some. Uh, yeah. Uh, the the second time I was uh, I was just ha- I was happy to be there. I mean, it was uh, again I had terrible cold and. Uh, but um, yeah, I was just happy to have arrived. And it, it rained the last two days in, into Santiago. Um, so I was happy. And I pushed on that day too. The second time I, I walked about 50 kilometers the, in 2019 to get to uh, Santiago. I did two stages in one day. Because um, I, again, I was sick and I didn't want to, I said, if I, and it was going to rain the day after, but even more 
than that day. I said, if I, if I, if I push through today, then I don't have to walk in another rainy day and can stay in a hotel and uh, take care of, you know, nurse my cold. I'll bet you can't wait to get back to the Camino just so that you can walk without a cold or with blisters or any, any ailment. No, it's fine. Uh, it's part of life. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was, like I said, I was, I was planning on doing the Via de Francesco, uh, the CZ. Um, then this COVID thing, I, I noticed on the horizon, I suppose that's not going to happen. I was still planning to go to Europe. I said, maybe I'll do the uh, Portuguese way. So I started researching that, or maybe I'll do a trail in, in, in the UK or somewhere else, and all of Europe shut down. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know what's uh, what's what's in store for 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 the next uh, for the next six to nine months. Uh, I, I I like to go around March to to April because the, for me it's a a more convenient time, and and there's less people. Uh, the statistics are available uh, for for those who are interested in doing the Camino. And the uh, officina del pellegrino.com, um, the, the statistics there, and they tell you what, how many people are going certain times of the year. Uh, February, March is, 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 is a few people, and March, April is the next, it's not that many people. So for me, it was important not to, I didn't want to be with crowds. I mean, I don't, uh, but you do, you do as you get close to uh, Saria, you, you, there's more and more people on the trail. You, you meet up more and more uh, pilgrims. It, it does get busy, that's right. Those last 100Ks, it can get quite chaotic at times. And, and some days you wake up and think that you're in some sort of race. Oh, it's terrible, yeah. The, for, for, there's actually another another side, a side I realized uh, or found out recently. There was another, there's another path that you can take that sort of bypasses that main Saria path. And it goes it sort of goes around to Santiago, maybe a little bit longer and very... Uh, not it's not as popular uh so then if, if i do it again I'll, i might choose that for yeah. the last uh bypass area yeah i should know the name of that path but i can't think of it off the top of my head it, take us back to the camino um if you can for a moment perhaps you could tell us about your happiest moment on your last camino i <laughs> one of the happy moments were uh was when uh uh, somewhere along the way, um, the, the, the swelling of, of the ankle, because uh, I was walking every day, and at one point, a couple of points, actually, I was thinking maybe I should take a day off or just to you know, let it heal. And I was determined, you know, to, but uh, so somewhere along the way, the, the, the pain had subsided. So that, that was certainly a, a good moment. Um, I remember one moment uh, fondly when I was in Belorado. It's up in the mountains, not far uh uh, out past Pamplona, um, and I woke up the next day, and there's a light sprinkling of of of, uh, uh, of snow on the ground. I mean, the the ground's all white, and the trees are white. That but for 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 uh, for a Quebecer or a Canadian, it's a sprinkling of snow, and it was about zero degrees Celsius. And, and, but the sun was breaking out. You get these nice rays of sun coming out, and it was just and it reminded me of Montreal. I said, "Geez, I miss Montreal." <laughs> and and I said, "What a beautiful day!" And there's two Korean fellows there, and it says, "No, it's no, it's no good. It's too cold." I said, oh, "It's a warm day today. It's beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful day. It's very warm." And uh, they 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 were they were shivering. I guess they weren't used to the, the cold weather, but I, I I enjoyed it. So it was a good moment for me. Not to see them shiver, I found that yeah. a bit funny because I'm not yeah. used to seeing that zeros. It's not that bad. Well, exactly. Well, you and I are talking today on the weekend. It's 42 degrees here in Sydney today, and four degrees where you are. It's amazing, isn't it, to think about the different well, parts it, of the it's, world? It's the same temperature here, but in Fahrenheit. Uh, and so, so you're you're at 42 degrees Celsius. Yeah, we're 42 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, right now it's probably yeah, uh, got a little bit colder. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? That's absolutely extraordinary. Uh, that's actually, uh, yeah. You, you, yeah. You wrote in the poem, it wasn't without its ups and downs, and there were many, but the hard parts made easy by simple pilgrim smiles and the beauty of life. We've talked about the hard parts and, and, and your ailments, but you also wrote then uh, the simple pilgrim smiles and the beauty of life. 
Are you able now that you are a pilgrim, are you able now to see more beauty in life? Yeah. One, one of the regrets I had the first time I didn't uh, uh, take as many photos I should have or would have liked to. So the second time I, I equipped myself uh, with a, a better phone, with a better camera. Um, and uh, the few parts where you're coming down these rocky hills and it's, 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 it's very arduous and very, very hard on the knees and the ankles. Um, it kind of steep and it's, you know, it's rocky, so you have to be careful. And it's, it just keeps going down. It's a, it's a long, long trip. And um, I see all these beautiful flowers, so I'm taking pictures of these flowers. That's, that's all I was fixated. It was not the, the hard part of, of this, this, uh, this trail. It was super hard. People were complaining. They were, like, exhausted when they came out. When I came out, I was just like, uh, realized I'd been so fixated on, on taking pictures, of, macro pictures of the flowers that I didn't realize how difficult that trail I had just done. So that's, uh, that's, that's one example of, yeah. of that. That's great. I love that. That's fantastic, being able to see the beauty in life and then perhaps being sidetracked by the beauty and, and not having to worry necessarily about the hardships. Hey, um, tell us a Camino story. So one of the things when I got to uh, Santiago, there's a gentleman who walked, uh, he had walked from Saria. And he was like 92 years old and he's partially paralyzed because he had these uh, um, strokes. He's how old? How old? He was telling me with pride that, you know, like, wow. And I thought that, you know. Did you say he's in in his 90s? He was 92. Wow. 92. 92. I, I don't know how long it took him to get there. How many hours uh, did he walk all the way? Did he, I didn't, I, you know, the fact that he was there was impressive. Exactly. Wouldn't be, um, it'd be nice to think we're all still walking like that at 92. That, that was, that was inspiring. You know, there, there are people that you see along the way, sort of bum knees and, and, and other ailments and even wheelchairs and they're, and they're doing, they're doing the Camino. So, very interesting. There was actually a couple. Uh, the, I think it was in 2019. There was a couple. I mean, a couple. I met a couple Australians, but there was an elderly couple. If they're from Australia, from New Zealand, they were from Australia, and the lady was wearing these uh, weird shoes with the toes. And, and, and she, I don't know if it was just Joshua, but they're made with, with uh, kangaroo skin or leather, or is that is that the, a thing? I'm not sure. It might That's be. What I was told. We, we certainly use kangaroo leather for all sorts of things, so there's no reason why they wouldn't be able to make shoes out of it. Yeah, for sure, sure. But, but it was kind of interesting because you could see the toes, and I thought that was kind of odd. She says uh, she uses that to prevent because everything else hurts her feet and, and she doesn't get blisters that way. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. I've never heard of that. And before. then they said to me uh, the the night before we stayed at an albergue, they had done a lot of trekking. They were telling me that they'd done some in in in, um, in Asia and different parts. And we walked part of the way. Then uh, when they told me that the night before, so we walked maybe about uh, a kilometer together and. Uh, maybe two. And then it was, uh, they were telling me the night before they were at the uh, albergue and there was a bed bug um, uh, infestation there. Or so they were told. So that's when I started to distance myself from them. (laughs) (laughs) And why not? Why not? Well, look, Ricardo, I love the poem and I love the fact that uh, you've found yourself on this journey and it keeps calling you back. Um, the Camino, I love that last line. Um, it, it, I, reality well hidden but found on my rocky path called the Camino. A very simple and clear message. If only life was like that, Ricardo. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you from the other thank side of the much, world. Thank you very much, Dan, and uh, thank you for your lovely song too, by the way. I, there are a lot of songs on YouTube about the Camino, and I I don't I don't think they do the, the Camino justice, and I, I heard your song and it, it, it fits uh, the rhythm and and and, and just the, the you know the piecing together of the different uh, bits and uh, bits and ends of, of different lyrics. And it just works, and it's a representative of, of the communal. I felt it was a 
I felt that when I was back on the trail and I was listening to it, I listened to it probably a hundred times so far. So yeah, congratulations. Oh, well, Way to go. Thank you, Ricardo. That's very kind of you. I'm really, I'm really pleased and pretty chuffed that you just said that. That's not put some spring in my step. Um, it's Saturday here and I've got, uh, I've got an event this afternoon and I've got a four hour gig tonight playing in 42 degree heat. So it's going to uh, it's going to be a long day. You've cheered me up. Well, will it cool off, or is it going to stay at forty two? Uh, it says um, nine o'clock tonight. It'll be thirty three. So oh, that's, that's nice. still really hot tonight. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right now it's forty two degrees Fahrenheit. So uh, Celsius, I think that's like uh, five degrees. Yeah, 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 yeah. And oh. uh, we're going to we're going to thirty seven in the morning. So <laughs> Fahrenheit. <laughs> the different parts of the world and the Camino bringing us together. Thanks so much, Ricardo. Thank you for your time. Buen Camino. Buen Camino, Dan. My guest this week was the Canadian pilgrim, Ricardo Moretti. The Camino. It started as an idea that became a dream. Fondly, I embraced the adventure of the way, etched by the footsteps of a thousand years and more. It wasn't without its ups and downs, and there were many. But the hard parts made easy by simple pilgrim smiles and the beauty of life. The end is here, and I have learned something. I can be more than what I was. A reality well hidden, but found on my rocky path called the Camino. Thanks for your continued support. We're now at more than 200 podcasts, and I'm not in the slightest thinking of slowing down. And I have some incredible guests to come in the next few weeks. And a very special episode to close out 2020, this year of uncertainty. We'll get there, slowly and patiently, like climbing that rise out of Burgos. The view from the summit is worth the effort. The American writer, poet, columnist and drummer Michelle Sandlin wrote, There's no greater journey than the one that you must take to discover all of the mysteries that lie within you. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Some-